friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic, blessed day today. You guys had a great weekend. Hunter had a fantastic weekend. Thank you for the emails. I had a few people wish him happy birthday. I appreciate that. He had a great time. And overall, it was a good weekend. It's supposed to actually cool down down here in Florida for a day or two, which would be nice for a change. <laughs> and so we're staying busy, as always, at Health Masters. And if you need anything, you, are, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. Lots of different products on sale right now, including the Mood Booster Stack, the one I've told you guys about before, the B-Complex 5-HTP and Ultra Omega. Incredible good at maintaining overall sense of well-being, so to speak, and healthy mood. And also, too, the vitamin C, our excellent C, very popular formula, on sales product of the week. And vote for what you want to see win on Wednesday. It looks like the uh, joint support, the pro-cut core, and the tribulus are all neck and neck. These are all going back and forth, very, very close. So go check them out see which one you want the most and see if we can uh, put it on sale on Wednesday. So healthmasters.com. Also, too, in other news, this is something that came out that I was very kind of intrigued about now, and this is something that I'm – it's weird because you're seeing this this completely diametrically opposed viewpoint from state to state. This is very strange. As I've been following this. More states now are coming out and joining the growing list of imposing limits on the freedom to obtain a gender reassignment surgery for minors. This is where they're actually talking about allowing minors under the age of 18 to go through gender mutilation surgery. We've talked about this in detail. There's been states now that have been for this, but there's also a lot of states now that are saying this is not gender-affirming care. By the way, this is experimental surgery. This is not something that has ever been approved as a need or as a basically life-threatening issue. So we need to go in and start cutting your appendage off or start going in and reworking something else as far as in the gender aspect of your body. There's never been a need. This has been experimental surgery from the very beginning that adults elected to do as an experiment. And now there's states that are saying, dude, gender-affirming care is a right of young children. And what they've done now is they've continually used these words to soften it up, like gender-affirming care and gender reassignment surgery. No, it's blatantly gender mutilation. And now we've got Idaho, Utah, Arizona, South Dakota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, West Virginia, Alabama, and Florida have now all gotten in and uh, pretty much blocked this stuff. And excuse me, Arkansas and Alabama have not confirmed that they've actually been trying to block the ban, ironically. But uh, either partial ban or four full bans are in those other states. And uh, what's interesting about this is now this has been growing because a lot of these conservative states now are saying, you know, it's sad that we actually have to put this type of legislation into place. But no, you can't start going in and doing this to a 14, 15, 16-year-old. It's not okay. I mean you sit there and say you can't vote until you're 18. You can't buy tobacco products because they can give you cancer until you're 18. You can't consume alcohol until you're 21. You can't go into the military until you're 18. But hey – if you're 13 or 14 years old and you're confused and you're having gender dysphoria and mental disorder, you know if you can get somebody to sign off on it, we'll go in and start hacking stuff up on you. That's not okay. And then on the flip side of this now, and this is really disturbing if you guys have seen this in Washington State, this got almost no coverage so far because apparently this is so far-fetched. They don't want anybody knowing about it. The far leftists in the Washington State Senate 
just at the end of last week passed SB 599, which allows the state of Washington to legally take children away from their parents if they do not consent to children's gender reassignment surgery. I kid you not. All Democrats voted yes. That one single Republican voted for it. They all voted no. Now, it's unbelievably sick about this. It states right here. This is Democratic Washington State Senator issued a statement when passing the bill. He said, under current law, if a child runs away from home and he needs to get gender reassignment surgery, the bill allows certified shelters to contact the Department of Children and Family Youth in lieu of parents And such as when a youth is seeking reproductive health services or gender-affirming care and allows this child to do so without parental consent. Now, what's crazy about this is obviously we all know where this is going to take a step further. They're trying to say if the child runs away from home. Now, here you got to remember, you got to take a step back. All of us were teenagers at some point. When you're 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, you may be smart academically, but as far as overall real world ideas, understanding of things, you're pretty dumb. You really are. You think your parents don't know anything. You think you know everything, and you think you basically are going to go out and rule the world at 15, 16 years old, and your hormones are all over the place. It's true. And so what they're saying is now, if a 15 or 16-year-old angry child or angry boy or angry girl that's already confused by the absolute perversion that is being shoved in their face by the school system and by YouTube right now, if they go out and they say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm mad at my parents. They won't let me go on hormone blockers. I want to go full-blown gender mutilation surgery on myself. State of Washington says, oh, hold on. Hold, hold, Hold our Bud Light beer real quick, bud. Let us get you over to a surgery center as quickly as possible. Do not hesitate. We've got you. We've even got state funding we can take care of you on. Your parents can't say anything about it. Child Protective Services is going to block them from being able to take care of you. We're going to get you over there and chop you up right now as quickly as we can. Literally what this bill says they're going to start being able to do. Now, if you don't think anything is that sick, best believe that is what they're doing. And there is not a single reason why the state of Washington would be trying to pass such a sadistic, nefarious bill, if that is not what they were trying to encourage when they're blatantly talking about it in their language, they're approving this. So again, certain states understand what your laws are. I've said this before about everything, whether it comes to certain you know, uh, traffic citations, whether it comes to firearm laws, now whether it comes to gender mutilation surgery with minors, understand what's going on in your state because a lot of times there's things that occur and start going on behind the scenes with these Senate and House bills that people don't know about. They've even gotten us down here in Florida multiple times before. Like I told you before with the bill that Governor Rick Scott passed after the Parkland shooting. And he told all of us that, you know, this is going to be a great bill, that it was going to go in and basically prevent uh, school shootings by arming teachers. It was going to be arming teachers and training teachers. And then on the backside of that bill, they went in and threw in a state bump fire ban out of nowhere, just just wrote it in the back. Oh, by the way, we're banning bump fire stocks in Florida. They're going to be illegal to possess under any circumstances. Oh, and by the way, the Parents or the teachers don't actually get to carry firearms. There's going to be like option A, B, and C that the county and the city and also that the school board is going to be able to elect to pick. And uh, if everybody doesn't vote unanimously on it, none of it's going to happen. Or, you know, the bottom option is they can basically pick, you know, a mall cop to walk around for like $20,000 a year on school grounds. And uh, that's, that's the extent of it. So all these options are available, but they don't have to do any of them at all. Under any circumstances, they can opt out of all of them if they want. And, of course, everybody was like, oh, this sounds like a great bill until we read it. 
And sure enough, they passed that bill so fast, it you, could, you couldn't even have read all the paperwork on it. It passed like a week down here in Florida because all of what? Fear and propaganda they pushed after the Parkland shooting that, by the way, nobody has still seen the complete unedited footage of that shooting whatsoever. There's been little snippets that they've aired of outside the school. It's crazy because like we brought up with this tragic Nashville shooting, not that anybody wanted to see it, but we got body cam footage from SWAT you know, two days after the shooting. We got footage from the shooter walking around in and out of the school shooting. I mean it was very quick and clear and concise saying, hey, this is what happened. Yet suddenly, isn't it funny, that entire shooting now has gotten completely twisted into some type of you know, sympathy for transgenders. They said, well, she wouldn't have done this if she wasn't so hated on, if she wasn't so picked on, and transgenders didn't have all these problems from being hated in the community. Well, when you start having bills pushed by the senators saying that the state can take your children away and prevent you from being able to stop your child from having gender mutilation surgery – and this was all pushed 100% by these groups that are trying to normalize this now. Yeah, you're going to have people start questioning the entire narrative on why this is being pushed on a regular basis. So again, be very, very clear. Be very understanding of what's going on and talk to your children. Encourage your children. Keep teaching them biblical values because this is one of the primary reasons why a lot of this stuff is starting to happen because of the perversion on the television, the internet, and the school systems that is undermining the biblical principles that the children have. And so when they start turning into teenagers, they don't really know what to do. They start freaking out. They have no basis. They have no conviction. They have no discipline. That's one thing I've continually told young adults and friends of mine. I said, you've got to instill discipline in your kids. You know, they've got to start working some. You know, it doesn't have to be about, you know, working eight hours in the sun every day, but going out and doing things, having certain chores, having certain requirements, not that they're getting paid for, but hey, this is your job today. You've got to handle the dishes. You're doing the trash. You need to go out and pull weeds in the front lawn bed. Just certain things that they have to do that requires discipline, getting up, cleaning the room. Because what's happened is now we've watched a generation after generation that has no discipline. None. Zero. I mean, they, they're, nothing is clean. Nothing is taken care of. Nothing is maintained. Nothing is updated. And they think everything just is going to keep going on is hunky-dory, is normal. I saw an article the other day, and it was talking about how the millennials in the Generation Z are running up their credit card debt higher than they've ever seen in any generation, and they're not paying it off. They're making like minimum payments, or some of them are just defaulting. They're not even making their payments. They're just not even paying them. And it was interesting because I was reading it and it was talking about how the credit card industry, this and this and this and this. And I thought to myself, you know what? Like, yes, credit cards can be extremely detrimental if they are used improperly. Now, properly used, they can actually be quite a great business asset. Say you start a new business, new side business, new LLC, you're starting on the side. Then you go and get a credit card from bank. And I've seen this person been involved in this for friends, $20,000, credit limit credit card for 12 months. Well, if you're starting a business, that's pretty nice. That's basically a free loan for 12 months if you discipline yourself. You can go out and get inventory. You can spend money on marketing. If you use it properly and you know what you're doing and you're going into the right business venture, if you're doing marketing, if you're doing sales, if you're going into customization of auto vehicles, if you're going into some type of other industry, if you're getting involved in, you know, as an electrician, you can get material. It'd be really beneficial. And what you do is you keep paying the credit card down with all the profits every single month so you don't have any interest. By the time the 12 months is up, You've got a whole bunch of material. You've got a whole bunch of jobs you're lining up, and you have no interest and you have no debt. It can be great. Now, 
can also go complete opposite way. <laughs> you start running credit cards up and they hit their 29.9% APR and all of a sudden you got forty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars in debt because you weren't disciplined enough to control your finances. It will absolutely ruin your credit. And I've watched personally young adults do this where they get credit cards and they just stop paying them. Just stop paying them. They just pretend like they're going to go away. Like, I don't know. I, just, I'm not, I don't need to pay that. I'm just going to just walk away from them. And then they start getting collections. They start getting all this stuff. So, yes, it is a problem. However, discipline is one of the key factors that fails to be realized in these situations, and that applies all across the board, especially in these younger children right now. So encourage your children, continue to maintain at least some form of discipline. They don't have to get a dopamine trigger every time they get in the car by having an iPad or a DVD turned on every time they go somewhere. They don't have to have a cell phone handed to them as a dopamine trigger every time you take them out to dinner. These are things that I watch on a regular occurrence everywhere we go, and it bothers me. On Saturday night, after we had a huge birthday party, we went to another birthday party, and then basically went out to dinner with the kids, some of his friends. We, you know, we got there, went to Forge Garage. They got some great burgers over there in Lakeland, and the kids were all excited. And they have cool stuff. They have old Model T cars up on the wall, and they have horns you can honk, and engine blocks turning around. It's a pretty cool place, and the kids love it. And so they got a bunch of the papers, got multiple papers, and they're playing tic-tac-toe, and they're drawing, and they're coloring, and they're being wild, of course, as always. But they're maintaining a decent level of civility and discipline in a public restaurant. And it was funny because I looked over, and there's another table, probably like five or six tables over, and they had like three or four kids. All the kids practically drooling on themselves. All their parents handed the kids their phones when they got to dinner. So all the kids are holding their parents' phones, playing on games, watching whatever they're watching. I don't know. And I thought to myself, how sad is it of a generation that we've reached now to where the only way to try to keep your child even remotely entertained, remotely under control in a public setting is you basically have to dumb them down with so much dopamine to keep them focused on something that is completely and totally artificial in order to control their behavior instead of maintaining discipline. Not okay. Not a good look isn't going to go well for future generations. And that's why I encourage you guys continue to keep raising little Americans the best you possibly can. What do you think, Deb? You know, awesome. Excellent introduction. Uh, the, the reality is, is that, you know, we've got these kids that are basically being conditioned, brain trained is what they are. And that's why so many, you know, inventors of these phones and inventors of these social media won't even let their own children use it because yep. of what it does to the, what it does to the brain. It changes their brains. And it, it renders them basically useless as far as from a communication skills standpoint if you let them have it enough because all of a sudden they just want to basically, you know, you see this with the younger kids. They won't even they won't even call each other on the telephone in many cases. All they want to do is text, and they don't have the ability to even have, you know, concrete rational thought even in their 20s because they can't communicate. Their communication skills are awful. Their writing skills are awful. They use these crazy abbreviations all the time on their texts. They don't use proper grammar. They don't use proper punctuation. And don't get me wrong, I mean, sometimes I don't use punctuation either when I'm sending texts, but I'd much prefer to talk to somebody via telephone than a text to start with. And so many times I'll say to somebody, you know, like yesterday, I had a good friend of mine, his name's John, and I went to church over in Plant City at the uh, Church of God in Plant City, great church. And, uh, you know, he got me some great seats down front. And I called him last night, and I thanked him because, you know, we text each other back and forth. I said, forget it. I just picked up the phone and called him. And see, and this is the thing. People don't do that anymore. They just want to text, 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 text. And it's really kind of sad because it really – creates a disassociation between the individuals. It, it creates a barrier between them as far as from a communication skill set. Number one, you can't really show proper emotions on texting without using emojis, and that's still a sad, sad way of doing it. Uh, number two, you, you have no tonal inflections. Remember, 
of the communication skill set that you have is based on body language, 80%. And you don't see any of that unless you're doing a video Skype. And a lot of people don't want to do video Skype. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. That's, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And it's just, it's the whole generation has gone sideways and, and the communication skill sets have gone absolutely awful. Now, as far as all the transgender stuff that you were talking about at the beginning of the show, these different states passing laws against it, you know, bravo to them. And a shame on the states that wouldn't do it because, Again, this is gender dysmorphia, and this is something that basically uh, was a problem that was actually listed in the psychological handbooks as far as a, a mental disorder for you know for 100 years. You know, if you want to be a woman and you're a guy, you want to be a guy and you're a woman. I mean, that's a, that's a real problem because you know you weren't made that way by God Almighty. But again, they're going into these school systems now, and they're trying to change that entire parameter, that paradigm, to make these kids think they can be anything they want to be whenever they want to be it, which is insane. It's insane. It's completely and totally insanity. And the sad part about all of this stuff is that as we look at this and we watch it, it's not getting better. It's getting worse because the Kabbalists, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan, Fallen Angel Bunch, we're going to get into that starting on May the 1st, have basically taken over the entire world many, many thousands of years ago and basically are running the place. And they're continuing to push their agenda. Now, there are certain rules of engagements in place, and I'll talk about that, certain things they can and can't do, certain things angels can and can't do. Remember in the book of Revelation when, when, the, you know, when the angel appeared and you know, one of the, the apostles you know, fell before the angel and you know, was on his knees, and, and basically uh, the angel says, no, don't do that. Don't do that because you know, these are created beings. You know, they're not to be worshipped. That's what happened to Lucifer. He started getting you know, all this elation and all this worship from all these other entities around the universe, and he fell and dragged a third of the other angels with him. I mean, it's a big mess is what happened in the pre-Adamic race, but it all goes right back to the fact that everybody, you know, likes to be, you know, praised. Everybody does. Everybody likes to have words of affirmation better than words of cursing. But the reality is you've got to be careful and realize that all good things come from above, you know, from God, and that when we have praise given to us, we need to realize it's not for, for what we've done. It's because of what God's allowed us to do and because we focused our lives or focused our goals or focused our decisions on serving the Most High God. And always remember that. Really, really, really important because this is a weird world we live in. It's a world of very specific rules and regulations from an interdimensional standpoint that cannot be breached. And if they do get breached, sideways things go sideways really, really fast. And you know, a lot of these you know angels apparently are still chained up. And you know, I'm glad they're not all released on the planet. But you know, we'll go into detail on all that too with angel wars. And so it's a it's an interesting experience that we have here right now dealing with this mess on an ongoing daily basis. You know, that's why the world has gotten so bad. It really is. I mean, the world is getting worse and worse and worse as we continue to watch things happen and unfold around us because it wasn't supposed to get better. The earth is going to wax wane is what it says. And everything that's going to be good is going to be bad and bad is going to be good. And everything's going to be turned upside down because the same synagogue of Satan, ancient Canaanite religion cult that runs the planet you know, are, are they doing this because they want to create that hermaphroditic agenda to bring everybody into this? Everybody's a transgender. Everybody's happier now because everybody's bisexual and everybody's this and all this weird stuff they believe. And I'm telling you that they really believe some weird, sick stuff. Sadly, you know, they're getting promoted in churches. Oh, yeah. There's Kabbalists running around, you know, promoting out of the Zohar, you know, in, in churches. I mean, it's it's it's, it's I, I posted an article of one who's very, very well known. I posted an article of him. You can look at it from last week of him in a church reading from the Zohar, talking about, you know, the Kabbalah and all the rest of it. And of course, he's tried to scrub that now, but he still does. He's the same one last year who had a big encounter with God up in Washington, D.C. And there's the entire website. And I said, did say one word about Jesus Christ that I could find. Yeah, that guy. I talked to you about it. I exposed him last year. I'm not going to bring up his name. I'm, I'm not going to give any credence on the show. But the reality is I posted one of his videos. 
but he's sitting around. Then he, then he gets in front of these churches, starts praying in a, you know, another language, probably Hebrew, and he basically holds his hand up and does that Vulcan hand sign, which is a Kabbalah curse is what it is. And, and people don't even realize this. This is going on and on and on and on and on to rebuild that third temple out of Israel, the land of the Antichrist, <laughs> you know, the land of the USS Liberty and 5,000 rounds of ammunition being shot into one of our ships back in 1967, that land. I'm going to stop. By the way, it's interesting article here this morning. It's uh, from the Burning Platform, and and I, I read this. And I, I read this morning. I'm going to create a couple of quotes. This one, first one's from Alice Huxley from the Brave New World. The real hopeless victims of mental illness are to be found among those who appear to be the most normal. Many of them are normal because they are so well adjusted to our mode of existence, because their human voice has been silenced so early in their lives kids being taught transgender, I'm adding that, that they do not even struggle or suffer to develop symptoms as the neurotic does. They are not, they are normal, not in what may be called the absolute sense of the word. They are normal only in a relation to a profoundly abnormal society. Their, per, their perfect adjustment to that abnormal society is a measure of their mental sickness. These millions of abnormally normal people living without fuss in a society to which, in which they were fully human beings, they ought not to be adjusted. Wow. So what he's basically saying here is that the world and cultural Marxism and the schools and the training of the brain have made them mentally ill not to see and know the truth. And so now they think they're the ones that are normal. thought I'd mention that. Then he goes on to say, the surest way to work up a crusade in favor of some good cause is to promise people they will have a chance of maltreating someone, to be able to destroy with good conscience, to be able to have behave badly and call your bad behavior righteous indignation. This is the height of psychological luxury. The most delicious of moral treats. We're going to go after communism. We're going to go after this Nazis in Ukraine. And we're going to go after Russia. And we're going to make this a moral crusade. And we're going to promote Ukraine from the rooftops and in your churches every week. And put signs out front, support Ukraine. That's what he's talking about. Then he goes on to say in this article, as I've witnessed and lived through the last three dystopian years of mass hysteria, mass delusion, and mass mental illness, I find myself drawn to the same thinkers, social commentators, and musical artists over and over again. The wisdom, wit, and clarity of Aldous Huxley and George Orwell in describing a world gone mad makes me feel less alone in my observations about humanity, politicians, governments, bankers, billionaire-funded, non-government organizations, war-mongering psychopaths with entities intent on shredding the social fabric of this country and the world. Their writings and lyrics perfectly capture the insanity, the glorification of abnormality, psychological manipulation, and the torture of the masses, man's inhumanity, man, and how powerful, wealthy psychopaths, I would say DNA from fallen angels, use their wealth and power to control governments, the media, academia, academia corporations, the military, the universities, the scientists, the doctors, and religious institutions. The dystopian visions of Huxley and Orwell's novels and Walter's lyrics have been far exceeded by the reality of what has transpired and continues to take place every day. Huxley's quote about mental illness and, your, and our profoundly abnormal society has always struck a chord with me and helped me to realize as an outcast who doesn't believe what is spoon-fed to us by the mass media propaganda outlets on behalf of their wealthy benefactors. I'm not the abnormal one. My refusal to adapt or to adjust to a deviant society inhabited and controlled by mental ill, by the mentally ill, while I'm worshiping at the altar of abnormalcy is a sign of my sanity and a sea of absurdity. I have to admit it is lonely always being on the opposite side of the approved narrative believed by the masses. It would be much easier just to go along with the crowd, but it is how I am wired. I question everything. 
And I'm not going to read any more about that because it's just a really good article. I'm posting it. Let me finish it with a George Carlin quote. My mind doesn't work that way. I got this real moron thing I do. It's called thinking. And I'm not a very good American because I like to form my own opinions. I have certain rules I live by. My first rule, I don't believe anything the government tells me, and I don't take very seriously the media or the press in this country, George Carlin. Now, I like George Carlin. Now, he uses really, 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 really filthy language, and I don't like that at all. But the reality is, is that at least he's able to communicate and to get his point across. And we need to understand who these people are, what they're doing, and understand that we're being completely controlled. Our media is being controlled. The development in Agenda 2030 and the high-rise apartments that these little cities are putting up everywhere are all being controlled. We see that even in our own town. You try to change something, and you try to go to the board, and you try to realize that this stuff's been going on for 20 or 30 years, that this stuff was planned 20, 30 years ago. Now, you can't change it. It's poured in concrete. I mean, it is literally poured in concrete. And, and it's sad to me that this is actually happening and that we don't know what to do about how to correct it. And, and the only thing we can do, and this is the only hope we have, is to realize that you know we were bought at a price, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. We need to understand who God is and what God's doing here for us right now, and that we're in a blood covenant with the Most High God through Jesus, and it's through his blood, through the sanctification that we have through his blood that we're continually redeemed and restored. And that we have the ability through Christ to stand against the onslaught of this stuff, which is exactly our purpose here on this earth, to stand against this, to prove to God who we are as individual entities, beings who have freedom of will, who are willing to serve the most high God without being basically forced to do so. That's what we have right now. We're in a situation where we have to figure out on what side we're going to go on this battle we're in. We have to figure out are we going to be this way? Are we going to be that way? Are we going to serve God? What are we going to do? And if we understand to the best of our ability what we are going to do and we serve the Most High God, we can stand against us and put on the full armor of God and stand our ground like it says in the Word and realize that we just got to dig in. You know, guys, this thing's an avalanche coming against us, and it doesn't make any difference. You know, we got a hot air balloon we can light up anytime we want and get out of the avalanche, just float away, you know, because we have our victory in God through Christ in heaven. We can be with God when we pass away and we leave this earth because, oh, where is thy death? Where is thy victory? Where is thy staying? This thing, we're just passing through here. We're not of this world. Remember that. and stand. Make sure you glorify Christ. Make sure that when you go into a restaurant, listen to me. Pray out loud. Now, I'm not talking about being obnoxious and screaming and yelling and jumping up and doing a sermon on the top of the table. I'm not talking about that. Just pray. Father, I ask you to bless this food to our bodies and our bodies to your service, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do a sermonette. You don't have to sit and pray for 30 minutes. Just pray that everybody around you hears you and they know that you're a Christian. We've got to take back this planet, guys. We've got to take back our country, for heaven's sakes. I mean, we live here. We've got to stand our ground and stand for Christ all the days of our life. Because if we don't, who's supposed to do it? If we, the Christians, have walked away from standing our ground, if we, the Christians, have walked away from bringing honor and glory to God, if we have Christians have stopped proclaiming Christ and who he is, why in the world do you think anybody else is going to do that? They're not Christians. They don't care. Be that guy. Be that woman. If you don't have a husband, if you don't have a wife and you're raising children on your own, be that person. I love what Austin talked about earlier. He said about how children have to be taught how to be disciplined and how to work. Years ago, I had a good friend of mine, 
His name was uh, Houston Jones and Karen Jones. Good couple. I'm, I'm not even sure where they are, if they're alive still or not. It's been a long, long time. It's been over 30 years ago. Lost touch with them. And it was interesting. Sharon and I went to their houses years ago. I mean, this is back in the 90s. And they had their three, four children there in the kitchen, and they all had specific job descriptions. They were doing the countertops. They were doing the sinks. One kid's doing the sinks. One doing the countertops. One's doing the floors. And they're working and cleaning the house. And these kids are like, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12, whatever. They're little kids. And they're just, they've got a whole project going on cleaning the kitchen. And I looked at Sharon, and I said, well, we didn't do that with Austin. She goes, no, we didn't. Well, then we had three more kids. Well, after three more kids, we did the same thing. They had projects. And we'd have to hot schmop the floor. We had these wooden floors in the kitchen, which were kind of nice because you're not walking on, you know, tile or concrete. They're soft. And if you drop something on, they're kind of forgiving. But they are a maintenance mess. you got to clean them up all the time. you got to keep water off of them. So I would teach the kids. I would get a hot rag, and we call it hot schmop it. And I would get on my hands and knees with the children, and we'd go around the kitchen like three or four times and clean up all the corners, clean up all the debris on the floor. And I did it with them on the floor at me. I was on the floor with the children to teach them that I would also work because I want to show them my work ethic because I saw my mom and my dad did the same thing. And they did, and they learned. And then I, then we'd give them assignments. This week you've got the dishes. This week you've you got the countertops. This week you've got the floors. This week you've got the stove. And they would learn, and they learned how to clean and how to work and how to cook and do everything they needed to do and how to be little Americans. We taught them self-defense. Both Harrison and Austin both have you know, first-degree black belts. Just thought I'd mention that. You know, the girls also were involved, you know, in martial arts and training. You know, and we also taught them how to be housewives and how to be housekeepers and how to keep the house clean and, and how to take care of children and help with diaper changes and on and on and on and on and on. Did all that stuff because we trained up our children in the way they should go, and when they were old, they'll not depart from us, what the word said. But again, Austin's right. When the kids turn 14, 15 years old and they start going to that rebellious phase, which pretty much all of my children did but one, what ends up happening is they start making bad decisions, really bad decisions, really, really fast. And their parents have to be there to buffer those decisions. And when the state comes in and says, we're taking your children away because they want to do generation, you know, gender mutilation, they're 14 years old, or they want to go on drugs and stop their puberty and all the other stuff, gender-bending chemicals. And the state comes in and says, well, we're going to let them do that now because you, the parent, don't have a right anymore. You don't have the right. We're going to take them away from you. Then you're not there at that point to help these rebellious teenagers. You're gone. You're done. And, and most kids, a lot of kids who are in high school, who basically peak, they peak in, they peak in high school when they're 18, 19 years old, when they're graduating from high school, sometimes 17 when they graduate, they peak, their lives peak. And that's because they haven't been allowed to make enough bad decisions to ruin their lives yet if their parents are godly and their parents are keeping them straight. That's the truth. You know, I see it when I go to my class reunion. Some of the people in my high school class have done very, very well with their lives. Others have not. Some of them, the peak of their high school, high school was up to the peak of their life. I know one guy. He, uh, he was – everybody loved this guy. He was great, but he got involved with drugs. As soon as he got out of high school, he's been in and out of prison his entire life now. He peaked when he was 17, 18, 16 years old. Good-looking guy, black hair, blue eyes. All the girls loved him, and he didn't do anything after high school besides get on drugs and become a complete and total derelict and in and out of prison again. And I saw that over and over and over and over with these kids. They peak in high school, and they're gone because the parents aren't there. Now, I'm going to say one thing else, though. As a parent, you're only responsible to take care of these kids and keep them right from a legal standpoint until they're 18 years of age. After that, they got to make their own choices. They have to. And the problem is a lot of times they're so rebellious still at that age that they won't listen. And that's where the prodigal son story comes in. And at that point in time, you can't allow them to continue to act like that and do that kind of stuff and continue to support them financially. You've got to let them make their own choices, have their own consequences without you sitting to a giant with a giant safety net around them. You got to let them. You have to let them grow up, and that's really, really important. And sometimes it, they can get through that okay. Sometimes they don't. 
Sometimes they continue to make bad decisions into their 20s or sometimes into their 30s. Sometimes they get hooked on alcohol. Sometimes they get hooked on drugs. Sometimes they get hooked on pornography. Sometimes they get pregnant when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. That changes the course of their life forever. All of these things happen all of the time. We can pretend like they don't, but they do. But we have to be there to guide these children to the best of our ability and make them realize that when they turn 18, if they're going to make these choices, we don't have to enable them. I remember years ago, Sharon's half-brother ended up dying of a heroin overdose. I told you guys his story. And I remember we went to the scene of his death, and we were talking to the investigator. And the first words out of his mouth were, who enabled this behavior? He's well-fed. He's well-clothed. You could tell he's been taking care of him, so he's giving him money. He's been a heroin addict probably for 15, 20 years. Who enabled, he was 36 years old. Who enabled this behavior? And so then we told him one of the family members who had enabled the behavior. And, and, this, and this is what the, guy, the, the investigator said. He was, whenever I see this, I always, know, I always know that there's an enabler. Somebody is giving them the ability to do this. Don't enable your children to do wrong. On the prodigal son, he walked away. He spent the money. He was broke. Dad didn't keep giving him money. Because remember, anything else the dad had left belonged to the other son anyhow because half the inheritance was gone. Oh, you might always remember that. And so when that boy came back after he had gone through his prodigal son experiment, experience and experiment, he ended up having to work for his brother the rest of his life. That's what happened. And so we have to be careful with what we do and how we do it, and we've got to be willing to do what's right in God's eyes. And you've got to be willing to tell the kids, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to enable it. If they have a problem you know, with the vehicle and they don't know what to do with it, you've got to take the vehicle away from them. If they don't want to stop getting traffic tickets, you've got to take the vehicle away from them. Because remember something, until they're 18 years of age, when they drive your car, even if they're on your insurance, you're personally liable for that. And if they start doing stupid stuff, you've got to take their driver's license away. You have no choice at that point unless you just want to expose yourself from a liability standpoint. So be very, very, very careful with your children. Teach them the way they should go. Help them. Pray with them. Have Bible studies with them. Have prayer time with them every single day. If they don't listen, you may have to send them to a private parochial school. You may have to send them to someplace else. You may not have a choice if you can't get through to them when they're 14 or 15 years of age. And that's why Austin is 100% right when they're in that rebellious phase, that nightmare phase of teenager years, which is what many kids go through. You can't allow them to do whatever they want, whenever they want to do it, and not have any consequences. You've got to allow them to make their own choices, their own decisions, at least when they're younger so they can grow up. Now, you've got to protect them. You can't send them into a dark alleyway in the middle of the night when they're 10 years old. That's nonsense. I'm not talking about that. But you could send them to a theme park or something like that when they're 14 or 15 years old. Let them start making choices. And if they get in trouble at the theme park or get in trouble at school or whatever they're doing, let them deal with the consequences. Don't bail them out all the time. Do what they – and that's the biggest problem I see with parents today. Their children can do no wrong. The kid's a complete thug. He runs around with a knife. He beats people up. You know, the, the girl is promiscuous, runs with everybody in high school. The parents, when you confront them with it or if the school officials confront them or if a friend confronts them, they get all angry. They say, that's not my child. My child would never do something like that. And they know darn good and well the child is doing that, but they refuse to address the issue. Don't be that parent. Be that parent and say, oh, my child's got an issue. Why don't we talk about it? Why don't we go to a school counselor? Better yet, why don't we go to a Christian counselor at our church? a licensed psychologist who believes in Jesus, who's going to work through that with that child, if that'll help. But again, when they have that hormone avalanche through puberty, they make stupid, stupid, stupid decisions in many, many cases. And some of those decisions can change the entire course of their life. So you've got to be there to protect them the best you can, but you've got to let them figure it out on their own. You really, really do. And you've got to make a choice. When they turn 18, if they want to be a brat, I said to them all, I said it this way, you can be a brat if you want, I don't care. But not here. You got to go when you're 18.
And I did it. I had several of the kids. I had to basically sent off to parochial school in another state. Several kids I had to move out of the house. And, and I realized that I had to be that way and be a strong father for them because, guys, if you're the alpha male, ladies, if you're the alpha female, you got to make these choices. And, gosh, sometimes they're so hard to make, and the kids are screaming and crying and carrying on. doesn't matter. Sometimes they got to go to parochial school. Sometimes you got to tell them to hit the road at 18, let them get an apartment, start paying their own bills, start paying their own insurance, have a prodigal daughter-son experience, and realize that all that glitter ain't there out in the real world. It ain't gold. And that they got to understand that a lot of people are going to lie to them, do all kinds of things to them, and basically try to use them and manipulate them. And they have to learn that on their own in many, many cases. And if they don't, it's going to be sad for them as they get older. By the way, Donald Trump Jr. is now defending Bud Light. I don't even say about this guy. And they, they incites donations to the Republicans. Donald Trump Jr. defended beer conglomerate Einheiser-Busch on Thursday, <laughs> urging listeners not to continue to boycott the company. The initial backlash came after transgender activist Dylan Mavoli was prominently featured in a marketing campaign by the company. I'm not going to re- I'm not going to keep talking about that, but the re- because I don't like promoting that guy's name. But the reality is this: Why is Donald Trump doing this? Well, Donald Trump's doing this very simply this because basically they're you know going after the money for these campaign don- donations, and I think it's sad. And again, when these guys do stuff like that, they soil themselves. They really, 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 really soil themselves, and it's sad. By the way, the Dominion software now is actually going to court, you know, with against Fox News defamation case, and is going to trial. One of the most closely watched media trials in decades begins Monday morning in Delaware courtroom as today, as Fox News defends itself against a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit brought by a voting technology company that says its business was severely damaged by lies about a stolen presidential election. So we'll see how this one progresses. I'm not going to make any comments about that at all. I don't want to be in the middle of that controversy. Uh, Daily Mail now says, don't demonize them. Chicago's new mayor-elect says it's not constructive to vilify a group of rowdy teens that torch cars and rampage organize on social media but condemn the chaotic takeover. You don't demonize them. They're torching cars. Guns are in play. People are getting beaten up. You don't demonize them. Chicago's newly elected mayor says he does not condone violence carried out by teens Saturday night, but the city should not vilify the group. Why don't we glorify the group, then, you idiot? Why don't we put them up on a pedestal and say how great they are and how wonderful they are and how they did all these wonderful things for everybody? Rowdy teens torched cars and got into fights before gunfire ended on Saturday. <laughs> Two teenage boys, 16 and 17, reported shot but in stable condition. Chicago's mayor-elect said that the city should not demonize these teens. <laughs> um, you know, you know. sometimes I see stupid gone to seed. This is one of those times. This is one of these things that you don't think somebody could be – you don't think that anybody could more, be more stupid than the guy who used to live next door to us that had stupid tattooed on his forehead. And I'm not making that up. It's a true story. One inch block letters across his forehead that nobody could be any more stupid than that. But this guy apparently has set the new bottom on this. You don't want to demonize people that are torching cars and rioting in a city and people getting shot because they're just teenagers. It's exactly what I just talked about earlier. What is he doing? He's enabling them. That's all he's doing. This is enabling these children to do this, and they're not children. They're thugs. They're street hoodlums. They're street thugs, and that's who they are. And, and, and it's just it, it absolutely it's insanity to me. By the way, a transgender teacher is removed from school after threatening to shoot some students days after seeing social media posts discussing her sexual orientation. Police removed three firearms and ammunition from her home. Mentally ill. She heard about social media posts discussing her sexual media, her orientation negatively. The transgender teacher then told school counselors she was having bad thoughts. I'm sure she has the bad thoughts all the time. Uh, you know, the teacher from Florida who uses 
different pronouns. I'm not going to read this. You guys, I'll post it on the show. I, I, don't, I don't even like talking about this stuff because it's so unbelievably stupid when you talk about it. And, and, you, and, you, and you sit back and you go, I don't really know what to say about this other than these people are mentally ill. By the way, Google CEO says he doesn't fully understand how the new AI program <laughs> Bart works after it taught itself a foreign language and it, it was not trained to and cited fake books to solve an economics problem. Remember, Austin talked about this the other day when he talked about the AI that had written the college paper for somebody, you know, what happened with, you know, with Ruby Ridge or with, you know, Waco or whatever. And they're saying that the FBI guy was basically, you know, put in jail, blah, blah. He shot him and it wasn't, it never happened. And they had to go back and correct itself. This AI thing is basically from Lucifer. It's a liar. It's a liar. It's going to be a liar. It's going to continue to be a liar because Lucifer is the father of lies. This is an interdimensional interface into another dimension with a D-wave computer that the guy who built it doesn't even know how it works. This is fallen angel technology is what this is, Roswell stuff. And the crazy part about this is is that this is how they're going to connect us into a hive mind. This is what their goal and their, their procedures that they're following through right now to make everybody think that they're going to be better tied into an AI and they're going to be better and smarter and have more abilities to do more things. It's not going to be true. It's more than a. It's just another complete and total lie. I mean, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me. This is actually happening. By the way, uh, half of the migrants piling into in New York City have not been vaccinated. <laughs> Top doctor warns with multiple different types of diseases. You guys already know how I feel about any at all vaccines. But it's ironic to me that they're allowed to come into the United States and not have to go through quote unquote custom screening and have to go through Ellis Island to find out exactly you know what's going on as far as their health. It's just it's just nonsense to me. They have to be. They have to be quarantined to see if they have got any types of you know diseases that are communicable. By the way, by the way, Harley Davidson has now gone woke. The Wisconsin LBGT Chamber of Commerce is seeking applicants for its newly announced entrepreneur boot camp. The eight-week program will help these LGBT entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in their businesses. Empowering these entrepreneurs is Harley. You know, I, I, I don't even know what to say about this stuff. This is just unbelievable. Uh, we, we are so thankful for Harley Davidson's forward thinking of leadership and commitment to the LGBTQ entrepreneurs in Wisconsin. Again, you've got to look at who owns these companies, who owns all of this stuff, guys. It's, this, none of this stuff is okay. And, and all they're trying to do is to take over all these major corporations and get them under BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard under the bloodline families and start pushing this narrative. Like Austin said last week, you Google Easter, what holiday is it today? And the doggone Google won't even tell you it's Easter Sunday. It's, it's, this is all about getting rid of Jesus, who's the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith in our society so that we can go completely satanic where every thought is evil all the time, every day like it was in Genesis 6. God told us, Jesus told us this was going to happen. And here we are watching it happen. Uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Yeah, I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. I had a good prayer for you this morning. I, I want to thank you again for praying for Lindy. She's doing great. She went to church on Sunday after just a week after her surgery. You guys are amazing. Boy, I tell you what, I ask you guys to pray for stuff. It happens, and it happens quick. I love you. Austin, go ahead and finish it up, my friend, and I'll, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. God bless. And one of the things we've seen now with the – Operation Trust 2.0, so to speak, and I've talked about this in detail in the past. And Operation Trust was basically a massive psyop in Russia from 1920 to 1926. You guys know 1918 is when the communist revolution took hold in Russia. It lasted about six years when the Soviet Union was finally was firmly established. And what occurred was the Soviet Union led a massive psyop in this time. And it was a very, very direct psychological warfare. And what it was, the Operation Trust, ironically enough, 100 years later, parallels almost exactly of what we've been seeing here in the United States. 
and it focuses on essentially two aspects of coming in and having a government program that's aimed at diffusing the opposition while the Soviet Union grew its roots. Now, we saw this a lot start during under Trump, where essentially we kept being told, trust the plan, the QAnon plan. Everything's going on. Trump's playing four-dimensional chess. There's military indictments. Guantanamo Bay is getting filled up with Hillary Clinton and Pelosi. And we heard all these totally and totally just erroneous statements. I mean, they're just erroneous. There, there was no backing any of them, but it got a lot of publicity and it got a lot of traction. This was Operation Trust in its early phase, 2.0. Exactly what they did in Russia. Citizens saw what was happening during this time. They were caught up in nefarious operations. They could freely gather and discuss ideas which made them feel empowered. Not only was Operation great at getting people within Russia, but it was adept at pulling people from other countries that were a threat as well. Well, historical events of such interest of such interest because there's a movement many will recognize as Q as very similar to Operation Trust. Operation Trust gave people partial truth with strategic lies that led many to situations where they were eventually captured or executed. We saw this very clearly in January 6, 2021. Now we know for a fact the documentation that's been filed in court that there are at least 50 or more FBI agents, off-duty undercover law enforcement, and FBI confidential informants that were directly involved at the front line not only in planning January 6th, but being the primary provocateurs in conjunction with working with law enforcement. You've seen this now with basically the uh, the filings in the Proud Boys trial. I talked about it last week. I mean, it's it's blatantly obvious now. They don't even they don't even deny it. The attorney's talking about it. The prosecutor's talking about it. The defense is talking about it. They had multiple FBI confidential informants that infiltrated the Proud Boys and were actually going to meetings with their attorneys with them to go back and tell the FBI on what was being discussed in these private confidential meetings with the attorneys. This goes back to exactly what happened during Operation Trust and the constant barrage of truth, so to speak, that was okay. But then you would have all these downright, outright lies that made no sense that reduced the credibility, but also were timers or so to speak were – basically they were, they, were, they were subsections that got people involved in certain things. So they knew when people started talking about this, they knew exactly what they were involved in. Now we're watching this now with AI as Dad talked about earlier. You have this artificial intelligence platform that's come forward now, and it's putting out information very quickly. And in some cases, when I tested it with my brother I told you two weeks ago, some of the stuff was very accurate. I mean, right down to it, it wasn't even pulling any punches. And then all of a sudden, you bring up the FBI sniper that shot Vicki Weaver. Oh, he was incarcerated in a federal prison for 18 months and charged you know, with manslaughter, blah, blah, blah. But I looked at it and said, dude, that's not accurate at all. 100%, that's fake news. And then Harrison typed in there, are you sure this is accurate? Oh, my apologies. Sometimes I make mistakes. And then came out with the whole thing about how the charges were dismissed and they were brought back up and then they were dismissed again. We didn't accidentally come up with 18 months in prison because the FBI sniper never went to prison at all. It was completely and totally just erroneous, erroneous information again to, in order for most people to go, oh, you went to prison, case closed, shut the computer. Now I know what happened. No, that is what they're doing. And you think now in this infancy of AI, it's getting bad. You wait till this stuff starts absolutely learning how people think and learning what people are going to question the most. Because remember, 
It bases everything off algorithms. It bases everything off what people continue to search, what they look at, how far they search, how far they push, how much they ask questions. And this is why they continually push this narrative now that AI is going to come in and essentially you know, save the planet. It's going to go in and do this. It's going to save this and save that. No, it's not. It is not a good platform at all. Many people have warned against it and said this is not something that is going to be very healthy for humanity, yet it's still being pushed because they know what the overall goal is. Same thing like Dad talked about a minute ago with what's going on in Chicago where you have this mayor that's just gaslighting everybody. Oh, you know, we don't, we don't need to talk badly about these kids. Some of them are a little troubled. You know, I mean, I knew they were flipping cop cars and they were throwing Molotov cocktails and blowing out windows of stores. But, you know, it was just a, it was it was a peaceful, you know, riot. It's really what it was, you know, and then you sit there and laugh almost like ironically. Like, really? Really? That's, <laughs> like that, that's really what you're going to come up with. But it's, it's pure gaslighting. We thought Lightfoot was bad. This guy's just taking a step further. Surprise, surprise. And what's interesting, all you do is look up Fox 32 News report this morning from 7 a.m. 11 killed and 26 wounded in weekend shootings in Chicago. 11 people killed by firearms and 26 wounded in Chicago. Now, I haven't heard one single Republican or Democrat hardcore leftist in the government come out and say, listen, we've got to do something about Chicago's firearm problems. we got to question ATF and basically bring them into a congressional hearing and ask them why these firearms are still being so prevalent in Chicago why they're not doing anything about it because Chicago has some of the strictest firearm laws in the entire country yet suddenly doesn't stop shootings doesn't stop mass riotings doesn't stop mass lootings hmm it's interesting isn't it almost as if gun laws that are more restrictive on law-abiding citizens don't do anything except allow criminals to be more brazen and violent oh man that's a it's a crazy concept who who would have possibly thought that <laughs> who who would have thought that i don't know but that's exactly what we see now over and over and over and over and over again. And so when you hear this constant rhetoric, how we need to have these you know, common sense gun laws. No, what that means is they want to have mandatory registration of every single firearm that is purchased, transferred, sold, anything on any platform. It makes it a felony for you to sell your gun to your neighbor, you got your gun to your son or anything like that on purpose, intentionally. Because they want to have a full background list of every single person that owns every firearm all the way down to the serial number and caliber. That way it makes it much easier to not only secure weapons to red flag gun law individuals and find all their weapons, but also makes it much easier to set people up because they can go in and say, okay, we've done a, a background report on you know so-and-so, this guy. We know he's putting a lot of really hardcore, you know, conservative stuff out online. He's talking about how children shouldn't have this done to them with this gender mutilation surgery. Well, we now know that you know he's basically going to be some type of threat in the future. So we've done a threat assessment with AI. We now know, due to our common sense gun laws, every single firearm that he has registered because he's a law-abiding citizen. However, that doesn't prevent him from being a criminal in the future. So we need to do predictive crime arrest on him. Just like Minority Report. That movie was way beyond its time when it came out. If you've ever seen it with Tom Cruise, it's a very strange film. However, we're watching that actually happen now with the AI, with predictive programming, with everything coming in and saying, hey, listen, you're probably going to commit a crime at some point in the future, so we got to go ahead and arrest you for it now. We're going to make an example of you. And look at what they did with January 6th. Look at these insane convictions 
that they've given people. I mean, that one guy that was a reporter for Infowars, he got what 100, 120 something months on house arrest or on, and on probation, with like six months on house arrest, ankle monitor, all this stuff for walking into the building. It was basically parading in a an un, undesignated area, parading in an undesignated Capitol building or something. The charges were erroneous. I mean, most people would get you know a slap on the wrist, do six months community service, be done with it. I mean, you got people that were in BLM and Antifa that burned down entire cities. They got arrested. Most charges were dropped to misdemeanor charges because that's what they wanted them to do. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. Dad brought up earlier about the whole thing with Donald Trump Jr. just absolutely inserting his foot in his mouth with this comment about everybody just needs to lift the boycott on Bud Light because Bud Light donates to Republicans. I don't. That's one of the stupidest things I could ever hear somebody say. So it doesn't matter what somebody promotes. It doesn't matter what they encourage. If they've given a little bit of money to Republicans, uh, we need to go ahead and keep supporting their nefarious behavior. It's just retarded. Well, now there's a leak that came out, though. Benny Johnson a few others have talked about this now on Twitter, is that and now Brendan Whitmore, who is the CEO of Anheuser-Busch, Brendan Whitmore, has now pulled out his LinkedIn page and pulled down his Twitter page and pretty much pulled down uh, everything. That He basically just deleted his entire account because people were going into his experience background, and they screenshotted this. Now, you can look it up. You know, So I went to Harvard Business School. He was an 06 to 08, getting his MBA, uh, director of Frito-Lay from 08 to 2013, which is PepsiCo. Oh, this is a strange one here. He was an operations officer in counterterrorism center for the CIA from 2001 to 2006 for five years. Oh, Brendan Whitmore was a CIA agent for five years before he got to, went to Harvard, before he went to Frito-Lay, before he went to Anheuser-Busch. Now, he's deleted all this now. It's all screenshot videos, screenshot photos, video recordings all over online. Now, you can look it up. But ironically – have we have heard – how many times have we heard about this now where you see these CEOs or these big boys that are in some type of media or some type of you know business structure, and all of a sudden they got some background of the CIA? You constantly hear about this all the time, especially with CNN. These guys go work for the CIA for two, three, four years, and suddenly they quit, allegedly. Then they go do something else, and they go work for another company. Like you just quit from the CIA. Everybody knows CIA doesn't just quit. <laughs> These guys' motto is admit nothing, deny everything, make counter accusations. That's the spook's mantra. This is what these guys do. They don't just, you don't just go work for the CIA and counterterrorism center clandestine services for five years and then suddenly decide you're going to go work for Frito-Lay. That is – come on, guys. So again – now we're starting to see more and more of who's running the PSYOP, who's running the show behind the scenes, and why you have to do the best you can to expose them and protect your family, your friends, your your center, wherever you're at, the best you can from a lot of this perversion that they're pushing on a regular basis. Also, two good news, Disney's has now lost over $258 million on the woke light year and strange world films that they did. More than $258 million loss. They said Buzz Lightyear lost $106 million. Strange World lost $152 million. These are big losers. Now, the thing about these big companies like this, now these are some big losses. They can essentially write these losses off against other profits and reduce tax liability. However, when you start talking about a quarter of a billion dollars in losses, hey, you're going to feel that. That's not like you know, a company that's worth a couple billion loses a million dollars. These guys took some serious hits on this. And however, both films were based on homosexual plot lines. This is why so many parents didn't want to go see it. This is why I had parents actually email me about the Strange World movie. 
And because we, we brought up what was going on with that film and what they were pushing in, they said, dude, we're not taking our kids to see this. We're going to talk to other parents about it. And the answer is just no. If you know something is going to be not healthy for your children, why are you going to go take them to see it? If you know something is going to basically cause some type of issue on their outlook, on their innocence, especially when they're young, why are you going to go pay money to engaging and knowingly engage and allow them to see it? The answer is you shouldn't. So I commend you guys. I'm glad these movies took a huge hit with what they were based on. Continue to keep up the truth. Continue to keep maintaining little Americans and teach them the way they should go the best you possibly can. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to stock up on the excellent C. If you need me right now, the last two days of product of the week, over 10% off on the vitamin C, excellent C formula. Great product for immune system, antioxidant system, also incredibly good for the production of collagen. That's one thing I've told people repeatedly. One of the proper joint supplements, not only just the joint rebuilding and joint support, vitamin C is a crucial supplement you need to have in your daily regimen all the time because it's water-soluble. You've got to continually take it to maintain proper vitamin C levels in the blood for the immune system every single day. So continue to keep your body strong, my friends. Vote for what you want to see product of the week. And if you need anything, email us or call us, healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 